Hey guys, good evening. Thank you for tuning in to Sanctified Studios. We have another breakthrough testimony series here. Uh, we have Mallory. Hello. And Nikki, of course. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Again, thanks for joining us, guys. We're going to have some fun with this one, dive into uh, Mallory's walk with God and, and growing up and whatnot. Um, really quick, uh, Mallory is part of our church. Uh, yep. We've known you for a few years now, right? Yeah. I'd say probably about two, three years now. Yeah, it's been a number of years we now. We really were actually in the same small group. There you go. I was going to say, that's yeah. how we really started getting to know each other. Yeah. Mm. And um, so we're, we're obviously been when growing with each other and, and learning about each other. We're getting into some, you know, personal topics as we mm-hmm. walk with God here and in small group and covering things. And, mm-hmm. and so really, we wanted to, to bring you on today to talk about, um, you know, your walk with God mm-hmm. and uh, you know where you are with Jesus and your faith and ups and downs and mm-hmm. just let's get into the nitty gritty. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, it's, so it, I mean, it seems like it seems like you always knew God in some shape or form. Is that right? Yeah. So I grew up in a Catholic household, uh, which is common for a lot of born again Christians. But I I grew up in the Catholic household, but our household itself wasn't like. So super Christian, you know, like my mom and dad never said like, Oh, praise God after like happy things or, you know, that we didn't pray before dinner. We didn't do any of that kind of stuff. We just went to church on Sundays. Um, that was pretty much it. And we went home and then we just waited for next week to go to church and that was it. So that was, yeah, that was really the whole thing. Um, but I think, I think God, early on put on my heart that this wasn't the right church for me. Uh, I, when I got my, Oh, what is it called? When Catholics go and get their, um, confirmation, confirmation. There you go. And so I was on stage, me and my sister, cause I'm a twin. So we were on stage together and we were doing confirmation and I somehow knocked the pillar of candles down oh, no. while while I was on stage and so I think that kind of <laughs> slid in there and was just like this isn't this isn't Holy gonna crap. work yeah it was I know it was I was probably like what 10 yeah I don't know. it's young, young you yeah so I was super embarrassed that it happened oh but I think that was a little uh <laughs> you know <laughs> Hopefully that was like a sign of things to come, right? Uh, yeah, like, exactly. What, what's going on? Yeah, no. But I do like looking back on that <laughs> and then um just just the idea of like telling my confessions in open. Usually they have the room that you go in and the priest yeah. and you tell your confessions in there and stuff like that. Well, I that my first experience with that was not like that. Really? It was yeah. Oh yeah. It was kids lined up all the way out the door and the oh. priest was just sitting at a table. Sure. And they were probably like just a couple feet behind me. Oh. And I had to tell all my confessions. Oh. Like and you weren't segregated like in a, a special spot, like a, alone with Nope, just the priest and I Whoa. at an open table, and like everybody was just lined up behind me, and, they could and hear like you and stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, like and that—that's why I was like so bizarre because you watch all movies in Catholic church, and you have this like secret room that you go into, and like nobody's supposed to know who you are, and like yeah, no, that's not how it was for me. Wow, it was pretty bizarre. But I can't say I've ever heard that one. E- yeah, that's interesting. That yeah, wasn't your experience. No, no, mm-hmm. my experience was legit. You know, yeah. I had like a full blown. Um, we, we had special time set aside where we went into, you know, the, the confessional booth with the mm-hmm. priest and you, you gave your confessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was that was anyway. And my you, and we were feeling, alone. Nobody could hear us. Yeah, exactly. And so obviously <laughs> it's more private when you do it that way and probably yeah. better. But anyhow. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I think that's those two experiences like really turned me off from religion itself. 
So, wow. you know, not just the Catholic church, just religion itself. And so obviously I just kind of, I didn't rebel. I didn't, you know, I wasn't that kind of person either. Mm -hmm. I didn't go around like trying to argue people and telling them like, God's not real, you know, stuff like that. I didn't become an atheist. I wasn't, I didn't believe in Christ. Like I just wasn't there, you know, but mm. at the same time, you know, it was, it was just kind of, yeah. 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 You know, it's funny because uh, I talked about in my testimony that um, it, I, I wasn't sure, you know, if it's because I was young that I didn't yeah. connect with, with faith back then. Right. Or if it was because indeed, you know, the church I was going to or, or whatnot or the way it was delivered to me didn't em emphasize a, a personal relationship right. with Jesus. I, right. I, I still don't know really. Um, but, but I kind of had the same, the same, you know, experience. Yeah. It's, it's so you were a good kid though, all throughout like kindergarten uh, and like so fifth grade and all that, you were no problems. Oh yeah. I mean, not really. No. I mean, it's not like, you know, no, I think early <laughs> on. So for, I just remember like watching movies, you know, like movies like Braveheart where there's like, you know, the person who stands up for the right thing, you yeah. know, those movies always had an influence on me growing up. And so I always kind of wanted to be that person who was courageous, who didn't want to lie and who always just told the truth. You know, I felt, I, I think the Holy spirit was always with me because my conscious was always, mm. uh, I always knew when something was wrong and when something was right. Sure. It didn't mean that I did not do the wrong thing. I mean, sometimes I still did the, the wrong thing, but I knew deep in my heart that it wasn't the right thing. And so throughout mm. my whole like life, I've always had that. That's great. Yeah. And so, you know, I had my, I had my fun, you know, yeah, I mean, course. I mean, especially like our generation, you know, I'm 32, you guys are 35, 35. Yeah. 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 So mm -hmm. exactly. So in our generation, we, we were exposed to so much, so much drug use was everywhere. Yeah. Like, you know, man, I remember, so I, I, all my friends did Coke. I never did it. Like mm. I never wanted to, I had no interest in doing it. I even like got a couple of my friends who were doing it and I like would punch them and be like, you're never doing this again because they were just going down a road and it was just getting bad. And so I always tried to tell them or tried to influence them and say like, don't do this crap. Like, why are you doing this crap? Meanwhile, I'm smoking pot, you know, in the other room, you know, but sure. there are just when I there. So I would always dip my toe in, but I never fully submerged when it came to stuff like that, when it came to drugs or when it came to like, I don't know, dating multiple people or like being super, you know, I don't know what the word is, not promiscuous yes like yeah. i wasn't yeah, yeah exactly i yeah. was never like i said like i dipped my toe in but i never really fully submerged and so i think again that's like the holy spirit was always with me mm -hmm. because i never wanted to cross a line that i couldn't that i couldn't come back over you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah. so if i did all that stuff then part of my soul i i always felt like part of my soul would be missing and oh, so wow. Yeah. And so I don't know. I would still say it's obviously it's still like that, if not even, you know, stronger, but for sure. Yeah. Anyhow, like that's how I grew up. You know, I, I wanted to be that 
noble person. I didn't want, like if some, if I said something, I wanted someone to be able to trust me and know that if I said something, I meant it. And like, I'd be there. Like it didn't matter what I said or anything. I just wanted to be that person that someone could count on always. Hmm. And so some, some sort of baseline principles and morals and all that. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I always had that with me and I, for sure, when I look back, like that's the Holy Spirit, you know, yeah. was yeah. always with me. With you the whole time, mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Wow. So, what was high school like? High school was, I mean, that's where I got a little bit, you know, rebellious. I started getting tattoos. I started stretching my ears. I started, mm. you know, Did piercings. you still go to church, Catholic church? No. No, no, no. We stopped going probably when we hit high school. Like, oh, I just, okay. I don't remember any memories of us. We only went on Easter or we went on Ash Wednesday Christmas. or, yeah. yeah, or Christmas. We went to midnight service or yep. midnight yeah. mass. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the only times we ever went. By the time hmm. we hit high school, my whole entire family was disconnected. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there was no, there was no like love in the household that I mean, that doesn't mean like my parents didn't love me or anything like that, but there was no like connection. Like, you know, mom and dad were always fighting or like brothers and sisters were out of the house and it was just me and my twin. My parents worked all the time. There were just, when you, when I think of home at that time, it wasn't a comfort thing. I just always wanted to be out of the house. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, Hmm. I feel like that was common, but I don't yeah, know. No, it you really know? was. It really was. Yeah, we. Had, I had the same experience because mm-hmm. I, I was an only child, but so mm-hmm. I had a lot of time by myself to think a lot. Yes, like tons of time yeah. to to think, you know, mm-hmm. and dwell about things like about school or about ideas mm-hmm. or movies or mm-hmm. all sorts of personal oh, yeah. time. Yeah, because really. because that was the thing, right? Like our parents were 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 workers. Yeah. yeah. That know? was like the biggest difference, I think, with that generation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, like my dad to... had three jobs, no matter what. He always had three jobs. So Damn. I never wow. saw my dad. My, I love my dad. And like, I am my daddy's girl. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we have such a great relationship. My mom, same thing. She is my best friend. But my mom, she would go to work. Both of them would be out of the house by five in the morning. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't, my, my dad wouldn't be home until like 2 a.m. because he was a driver. Wow. and. Yeah, super shuttle driver and all that. And then my mom wouldn't be home until like six o'clock. And so I was, we were home from five to five every day, you know, doing whatever we wanted, which in high school was ditching class, going home, smoking pot, you know, that kind of thing. Like that's just, that was normal, you know? So what sort of, um, out of curiosity, what sort of like in in high school, what was your idea of, of God like back then? So I guess at that time you could, you could say like I was searching, you know, for, um, a spiritual experience. I don't know, like, you know, new age type stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. I was very much a hippie. Uh, I didn't wear deodorant, you know, that kind of stuff. (laughs) Like I was a hippie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Full blown hippie. Like people even said I had Jesus sandals on because I always just wore like Birkenstocks. Yes. Yeah. And so everybody always just like made fun of me, but that was, that was pretty much it. And so it was always trying to find, um, an experience, a spiritual experience. What do you think you were like searching for in, in particular? Uh, is it a certain emotion or is it a certain like, I guess a fullness. Like I just Uh. wanted to feel full in life and that, you know, when I stepped outside of my house, like I was happy and I was enjoying where I was at. And I think that's really what it was. I was just searching for a fullness. Yeah. 
which when I think about it now, it's like, that's crazy <laughs> because it's I already not, found though. it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It's not, though. I think it's really mm-hmm. common that people are always trying to fill that, they say, the God-shaped hole. Yeah, know? the void, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Especially, again, when we go back to, like, our generation, like, what we were exposed to and, like, you know, always constantly feeling or not feeling but getting involved in sinful nature mm-hmm. and just yeah. how common that is, you know, like promiscuity and yeah. d- drug use and – you know, just all around not being an honest person, not taking responsibility, you know, those kinds what of is things. That? Cause I, I, I want to say that I, I resonated with that too. Like as a, as an adolescent, is it like the thrill? Well, I don't, I've never been able to place that. It's like the, what is it about doing bad things and giving into temptation? I don't, well, like, I think a lot of it is peer pressure. I think totally. because a lot of it is like you're the friends that you hang out with and if they're doing it, then you need to do it. Mm. And you know, and if you go against the grain, then you're almost weird, weird. Oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah, you're like oh, a homeschooled kid at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which <laughs> is totally the point. But yeah, exactly right. We, <laughs> it's, it's like so I, funny. We look back and I'm like, we were so rough on those kids, and they had it right the whole time. Exactly. exactly. I know. It's like the whole point is like I don't want my kid those, to be. Those families must have been like on the level back then. I, I know. wonder. Way ahead of the time. Yeah, I wonder yeah. now. Because now there's like this huge movement of homeschooling, you know, to keep your kids innocent, not even innocent, just to keep them where it's not somebody else raising your kids anymore. You know, they're bringing the family back. And I don't know if that's like a Jesus movement, which I think it is. People being more conscious. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because all the homeschool kids that I knew, at least, like they were all Christian. Yeah. Like super Christian. Oh yeah. And like to the point where like they wouldn't they weren't only allowed to watch certain yep. TV shows. Yep. And I always thought it was like really weird. You I know? know. But now I'm like, if we had kids, that's how that's it would how be. it would be. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's how we plan on raising Harper. Yeah. You know, and I do. I plan on homeschooling Harper. I don't want her to go into any school except for the school that's up here, the White Mountain Christian yeah. Bible School. Sure. Yeah. Like that one I'm totally into. Um, yeah. But for the most part, I want to keep her at home as much as possible, you yeah. know, because there's just so much, Ugh. you know. It's such a scary world out there. And you it just is. don't know you're handing your kid over, you yeah. know, to these people. And it's like, what are they teaching them? Right. For eight hours a day. I know, exactly. And like, That's I look scary. back and I'm like, nothing. I like, yeah. I don't remember any of it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah like i just all i remember is like the experiences i had with my friends like that's all i remember yeah i loved my teachers i always remember that like i always well my dad he was a teacher like by the time i hit junior high my dad was a teacher oh. he was working his whole like when i say he was doing three jobs he was paying off his masters and his bachelors and oh, he wow. became a teacher Dang. Yeah. And so by the time I was a junior, my dad was a teacher. And so it kind of gave me an insight of the world. And so by that point, like I was the student that like shut everybody up in class because they were making fun of a teacher or, you know, telling kids like quiet down, like they're talking like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But that was just, you know, again, I think the Holy Spirit, like. I don't know, man. I look back and I've said this before, like I look back or one of the greatest gifts that God gives us is he, he allows us to connect the dots throughout our whole entire life. Yeah. And so like when you come to Christ, you get to see, okay, so that had to happen in order for this to happen. And that had to happen in order for this to happen in order for me to come to Christ. And like, that is a true blessing because so many people go throughout life, not 
one having a purpose and two like not being able to have an explanation for why certain things had to happen even traumatic things like they don't have an answer for it and so they get resentful and they get guilty or whatever it is and so to me like that's one of the greatest blessings like god can give us so yeah i love that yeah it's so true yep it's so true yeah looking back is big time you can in hindsight it's really apparent you mm-hmm. know like how all the close calls like as a kid oh yeah and, and oh like, yeah did you ever have any close calls or, or anything <sighs> as a young kid that stands out that made you like think about things in a different way or um yeah i mean there were a couple of incidences where oh my gosh like okay back then like myspace came out mm. facebook came out you know all of those things and so people were random people were you know messaging you and saying hey let's meet up you know that yeah. kind of stuff oh, absolutely and I did have an experience like that and it was me and a guy and I go over there and it ended up being two guys. And I immediately, oh immediately, I was like, I'm out of here. Like, I'm not doing Ugh. this. Like that was a close call in my opinion. Wow. And I can't like, other than that, like I can't really pin any, but there have been, I, I like, you know how you can just feel those experiences and like you remember those experiences, but you can't recall them. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I know I've had a couple of those. Yeah, there were some like straight up creepers in those chat. Like, oh gosh, constant messaging and stuff like those chat rooms. And yeah, stuff. Well, I used to get so mad at my mom. Yeah, and now I I totally understand where she was coming. I from, know, but yeah. she used to always be like, "Who are you talking to? Yep. Who is this person? Do they yep. go to your school? Who you know?" Because like, yep. she, and I was like, "Leave me alone! I know it's my life. You I know. know, right? We just thought so we had, were so smart back then. Oh yeah." But like, but we were the first ones to be exposed to that online. Yeah, the internet. Yes. Like, AOL. Yeah, being 10 or 11 going yes. on a chat room, like not knowing who you're talking to mm-hmm. or, you know, websites like rotten.com mm-hmm. or like even we talked about this last week. Um, Was it last week or the week? No, it was last yeah, week. Last Pornography. Oh, yeah. Like instantly like when you go into middle school you know already like websites yes and what things are and you mm-hmm. know i it's so true it's 100 percent true and um man i it's like do parents not know that these days it's like i know they have to know i'm sure they know and it's it's got to be overlooked i feel like it's overlooked oh i do too it's, i do too man. i think we're i think there's a pendulum going on where it's like so you know, I guess a couple years older than we are, the parents, you mm-hmm. know, they have fully let their kids emerge in technology. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think this generation is starting to see the effects of that. And so we're sort of like swinging the pendulum towards the middle where it's like you can't escape technology, but at least you can limit it. And at least you can explain to your kids like this is why like you can't have a tablet for 10 hours a day yeah. or why you can't watch TV for this amount of time a day. And I think we're finally like switching that over because Harper's not getting a computer or a tablet until <laughs> she's middle school, yeah. maybe freshman year in high school. Like yeah. there's no way if you need to, if you need to get on the laptop, you can borrow my laptop. If you need to search for something, you can borrow my phone, but you're not. Uh, no, yeah. I have no interest because I know like we were just talking how easy it is mm-hmm. to start looking online and find things that you're not supposed to be exposed to at such a young age. Yeah. And, and kids are naturally curious. Absolutely. You know, that was my whole thing as a kid. I was always like, what is that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want to see. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I, I remember distinctly like, <laughs> yeah, 
it's bad. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and I do think that pendulum is swinging where we're starting to limit all of that. I hope so. I really hope so. I do too. I do. It's damaging. It's, it is damaging. Yeah. So, and you know, that goes, goes into, I guess, I don't know, like, well, I don't even know mm-hmm. anymore. I lost my thought, but yeah. Well, I mean, clearly it sounds like you've had some sort of idea of, of this, this idea of God and then this, mm-hmm. you know, supreme mm-hmm. being and exa- what about your existence? Did you ever look at like, well, why, why am I here? Did you ever wonder about your existence growing up? Um, not to that extent. I don't no. think so. No. And like, even today, like I, I've always been very comfortable at where I am in life. I've never like even right now like I feel 33. I just turned 33. Not 32. I saw 33. <laughs> I just turned 33. No, I feel my age and I have my entire life. Like and I think and I'm hoping, you know, God willing that like by the time I'm 40 or 50 that I still feel my age and I'm not regretting it or anything like that because age is a natural process and mm-hmm. it's not anything that anybody can escape. Mm-hmm. And so to grow up constantly like yeah. crap i'm this age or crap i'm this old and it's like i don't want to do that i'm you know but mm-hmm. as far as like existing no i mean i'm sure i had my moments where i you know doing drugs and like trying yeah. to find that whole thing mm-hmm. but it was never it was never like a goal or something that i dug into yeah yeah interesting yeah because you go down you know the science you or sure. you think about science and was like oh the big bang and like all this other stuff but <laughs> that's how i exist you know yeah. but that's yeah, it about was a big it thing in high school it was like a theme you know moving away from that uh, mm-hmm. like from religion and whatnot mm-hmm. and yeah and it gets it gets carried away quickly too right you know you just start jumping from one idea to the next idea to the next idea yeah. you're entertaining all these things oh and, yeah but it happens quickly as an adolescent new age stuff for sure it, it does mm-hmm. for sure yeah. and yeah the cool kids definitely make that like a, a an attractive thing yeah exactly um, but, but yeah and i want to bring up too so you're married mm-hmm. to your husband's name is jordan yes <laughs> jordan rocks he's also in our small group exactly. obviously exactly and um, you guys do worship together yeah. nikki and jordan jordan's yes. on the worship team with nikki they, mm-hmm. they rock out on the guitars and oh yeah sure do. get their yep. sing on yep for yep. jesus <laughs> i can't wait for you guys to do his testimony yeah he he really does have a That's story cool. yeah. yeah yeah we're excited excited yes. to have yeah. him on mm-hmm. yeah. me yeah. too how did you guys meet so I was a dog groomer at Petco. Yeah. Um, he walks in and I just said, oh my gosh, that's like the cutest guy I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And so, and I didn't say anything, but my boss wrote down my number and went out and gave it to him without telling me. Oh my God. Yeah. And so, and Jordan, and I talk about it now because Jordan's super shy, especially back then he was super shy. Uh-huh. And so he really doesn't know it was God, but he really doesn't know like why he came into the salon to introduce himself and to find out who this Mallory was, but he did. And like, that's, and it's an interesting story wow. <laughs> because that night we started texting each other and his very like first text i just remember oh no okay well hold on put a pin that (laughs) (laughs) so the first night him and i met we started texting each other and he said oh i dropped my dope and here i am thinking he's talking about marijuana like that's what i thought he was talking about and then i was like your pot and he was like no my heroin 
Yeah. Oh, and Rex. then immediately Uh-oh. I was like, I'm out. Like <laughs> I am not dating this guy. Like I am not going down that road. I don't mess with people like that. Like yeah. I was just not about it. Wow. Yeah. And then I find out that a band that I was super into at that time, the constellation branch, mm-hmm. he was a lead singer for and so I found out that he was a lead singer for this band. And then immediately oh I was like, gosh. all right, I'm back in. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Because at that time, I mean, that was the band I listened to. And I thought they were huge. I thought they were huh. like touring the country and like all over Europe and stuff like that. Like, I thought they were a huge band. No. No. <laughs> they were <That's>... very local. <laughs> <laughs> touring the local pubs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wow. So, but anyhow, when you guys first met, did you guys have any sort of faith together? No, not at all. Yeah, no, not at all. I was, I was nowhere near it. Um, he had a more Christian household. His mom was very much, you know, gospel, very Mm. much praise God for anything good that came into her life was, would, wouldn't be afraid to pray out loud for somebody like that was his, that was his household for sure. Yeah. But he, he, not at that time. No, we were both void of Jesus. Like didn't want anything to do with it. And you know, had, wasn't even on our radar. Just doing your own thing or what? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And so I'm like going back, you know, he was a heroin addict, you know? And so that's how I met my husband. And so him and I, we were friends for a year. This was 11 years ago. So we were friends for a whole year before we even like thought about, you know, dating each other. Cause I still was very much like, I'm not going to get involved because of the drug thing. Cause of the, the drug life. thing. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I did tell him like, okay, I'll get you a job at my work. And like, I got him a job at my work. And of course, you know, with his addiction that didn't last very long or whatever. I mean, he was there for a little bit, but it got bad. It got, his addiction got pretty bad. And then after about a year, I, I couldn't, we couldn't separate. Wow. We, yeah, our connection was so strong. Like we really did feel like we were best friends. And so to ever like feel like we weren't ever going to see each other again, like we both didn't, we weren't about we're that. okay with that. Huh? No. Uh-uh. Wow. So we started dating when he was still an addict like there. Mm. Yeah. And he was an addict for three years wow. before he went into rehab for seven months. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and that's where, that's where I I truly learned what love was. And again, this is still before Christ. This Mm. is, and I think this, I think he was gearing me up. I think he was trying to show me, Mm -hmm. you know, the kind of love it takes, you know, to truly connect with somebody in a way. Anyhow. Mm. So it, it, so he was an addict for like three years and, I did the whole typical, you know, um, someone who's dealing with someone who's an, an addict, you know, why won't you just quit? You know, sure. if you loved me, you would just quit, you know, that type of thing. And it just, it wasn't working. Nothing I said or did was working. And, you know, he had his ups and his downs and then, you know, he would be fine. And then he went full blown back into it again. And, you know, all of these things. And then, I I think I sort of just like gave up and I just realized like he has no control over this. When you're with somebody that long and you see like, you know, their process and like, 
you know, they just physically cannot help it. They can't. And so it becomes a mind thing rather than a physical thing. And so you have to always remember like their brain is literally telling them they have to have this. And if they don't have it, then their insides are just going to, you know, collapse. They're just going to explode. They're just going to like, anyhow. So it took, it took about three years for me to realize like I need to truly love this person. And so I set boundaries, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't passive. Um, you know, I told him you don't have to pay for rent, but you always have a roof over your head. Um, you don't have to pay for food, but I'll always feed you at night. Um, you know, stuff like that. And you know, if you need a ride somewhere, I'll take you, I won't give you money but I will take you somewhere. I'll take you to job interviews. I'll take you to this, you know, whatever you need, I'll get you there, but I'm not going to hand you money, you know, stuff like that. Um, and so that was an adjustment because while it did seem it was working for a little bit, it's still, he would still like, you know, revert back to going and doing heroin, which was, you know, for me, it was like, it wasn't a relapse because he never really quit, Mm -hmm. but it was a realization like he's not going to quit. And so, and he came to that terms too. And so he went to rehab and he was in there for seven months. Wow. Yeah. Which is a long time. That's a long time. And it wasn't at a nice facility either. It was a free rehab. It was God bless them. Phoenix rescue mission. Um, and they help the homeless too. And granted it's like I said, it's, it's a free facility. And so it's voluntarily, you go in there, um, horrible conditions. I think they had to bomb the place like three times for bed bugs. Um, yeah. And while he was in there, he had to spend a whole summer outside because yeah, he got in trouble while he was in there. And the only way they basically kicked him out and Jordan pleaded like, please, I don't want to, I don't want to leave. I want to stay. Like I want to be here. And so they said, that's fine. Then you're just like on probation. You have to stay in the summer heat for the summer. And he had to like live out there. And yeah. Wow. Yeah. Tent or something. Nope. No tent. Nothing like, yeah, there really wasn't a a setup for him. I think maybe he got a cot. I don't even really know because I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to communicate, I was you know? Ask, like, yeah. Contact with him for seven months for, I mean, really like seven months. Like there was no, um, actual contact. We would write letters to each other and that was really the only way that we could communicate. Um, and he was allowed visits, but like only like once a month, I think it was, Whoa. I can't, yeah, it was only like once a month and it was always me and his mom who, um, went and saw him and, you know, but yeah, I mean, we lasted the whole seven months. Did you ever find yourself like, how did you deal with this through the whole time? Did you ever find yourself? Pregnant? I got a cat, <laughs> 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 Mr. Alistair. No, <laughs> I got so lonely. Like I got a cat Jeez. and like, yeah. And so that's, that's the, the, the thing that I remember most, but it was also freeing. Like, because here I was like watching this man for, years you know i was paying for rent i was paying for groceries i was doing everything it became really exhausting and so when he went into rehab it was like a breath of fresh air not that i didn't miss him but it was finally like i can i can sit still because i don't have to worry if like the next phone call is gonna be he overdosed or you know him telling me he got arrested and he's in jail, you know, stuff like that. I knew where he was. I knew that he was safe. I knew that he wasn't using. And so it was like a breath of fresh air for me when he went into rehab. Yeah. Wow. After seven months, I mean, it got really hard. And so, you know, 
then he decided to leave. He was supposed to be in there for nine. Yeah. Wow. But he left at seven. How did that go? Like when he came out of there? Uh, he had a couple more relapses. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I think people need to understand is like when it comes to addiction is that I don't want to say that you're going to have a relapse, but it's that's where grace comes in. Mm. Like, because for so long, you know, their, their brain is wired to want this drug that when they come out and when they are finally free from that, um, they immediately want to go and do it again and see, you know, and, and that's how most ODs actually happen is because they go so long without using that they go back and do the same amount that they did and that's how they od yeah and so that's why it's so important you know that when they get out that you support them and that you are there for them and that if they if you truly tell them like if you need to talk about it like come and talk to me about it before making that decision i won't judge you i won't you know i'll love you i'll tell you like you you can stay here whatever and like that's pretty much what happened after about a year though he went on suboxone and he was on that for i think a year and a half two years he was like weaning off but mm-hmm. yeah is that just like that's like the pres- prescription yeah suboxone which is expensive that's why the system sucks so bad because you know you can go into rehab and do all these things and then they have this drug that actually helps people mm-hmm. but it's so expensive and so what do you end up doing you go on the street and you start buying it off the street and then you go in contact with your heroin um dealer again because that's who's selling it oh my god yeah exactly so it's just this vicious cycle you know and it's made to fail you know people with addiction and so that's a whole nother thing about it but yeah i mean he it was about a year a year and a half that he was on suboxone and and finally he had like just quit yeah while he was in there though that's where he came to christ um because that facility they i mean it's like military it's like at 10 o'clock you do bible study at 11 o'clock you do a service at 12 o'clock you do men's group at one o'clock you do this Mm. quiz you fill out paperwork you do all this stuff and like that was every single day that he was in there. And so while he was in there, he did come to Christ. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I mean, even, even he was still addicted, you know, or had a couple of relapses after he was still very much Christ oriented. And he said, when he found out that I came to Christ, he's like, I have been praying for two years for you. Like wow. ever since, like I've been in Phoenix, Rescue Michigan, like I have been praying that you, you're going to come to Christ. And like I did. Wow. So yeah, but that yeah. was a that was a wild ride. So throughout his addiction and whatnot, he's telling you that he's praying for you to come to Christ. Yes, I mean he never told me that. Yeah, yeah, he never he never expressed to me. And like back then, like we talk about it, like the veil, right? And when somebody starts talking about Christ, you just don't want to hear it. You're just like, oh my gosh, this is so annoying. Like, yes. can we talk about something else? Like, I get it or whatever. Like, I was like that with him. Yeah. And at some point, like it got it was really turned off and i was just like i don't know if i can do this like i don't i'm not about this whatsoever (laughs) and so yeah and we did we separated for i think it was like seven or eight months like we stopped dating each other because after he got out of there yeah after he got out of there because it it was it just got so we weren't on the same page at all we weren't like that we were on the same page when we went in there and then when he got out we were on two very separate pages 
um faith-wise like he was all about it and i wasn't and i was just like i can't do it like i can't right. yeah i can't it's do it coming off of like he's coming on this clarity thing i bet you know yep. being drug free oh yeah trying to stay with it oh trying yeah to stay positive mm-hmm. and faithful wow that's that's hardcore yeah that would yeah. be tough yeah to, to to do that without somebody mm-hmm. supporting you in the same sort of faith sense right exactly you know that would be difficult right what let me ask you this because mm-hmm. i just had a curiosity what, yeah what do you think what was it like him knowing jesus and being in the faith and whatnot since he was young yeah but also being an addict and also trying to tell you about jesus like how was did that, i feel was about that, that difficult for you to take it um, in because this, an addict was telling you i don't i don't I no. don't remember having any like feelings no of that. Okay. No, I wonder, you know, cause like, man, it's just, I don't know. I just wondered about yeah. that. If that might I have mean, been made it difficult for you or something. No. I, and maybe that was part of it. Maybe like deep down, yeah. like that was Who the knows? annoyance yeah. of it all. Yeah. I don't know, but you just weren't ready at the time. I just wasn't ready. I yeah. just was not ready. It's so strange. You know, as, as we grow in, in our walk and our faith, it's becoming more obvious that, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, Jesus will wait you out. Yeah. He plays the right. long game. Yeah. Right. Well, and like when I look back at that time, you know, it, it to learn to learn what love is, you know, to truly love somebody, to support them, to, you know, be graceful when they screw up or when they fail or, you know, stuff like that. It's so hard for people to do that. And it it was for a long time until I finally just realized like there's nothing I can do about it. Like, and I guess at that time I would have said, I'm just giving it to God. You know what I mean? I never did say that, but that's how I felt. You know, I, I, I have no control over this. Like if he wants to get better, he has to do it on his own. Like, and there's nothing I can do to, to really help him get better. And I still feel that way when it comes to addiction. Like, yeah, they have to want it themselves. They no, have no to. Doubt. Yeah, exactly. Especially like, I don't know. So many people try to control the situation. And it's like, I guess the, the one thing that if I were to tell anybody is just don't try and control it. You have no control over it. Mm-hmm. You have no business mm-hmm. trying to control somebody else's behavior in the first place. Unless, of course, it's to benefit them. But at the same time, like, you just don't understand. You're, you're not going to change them. They have to want it. And that comes with deep therapy. You know, when you're in a, a place like that, it comes with facing the things that you've done or facing the things that happen in your life that make you become an addict. And yeah. I think a lot of people who are addicts, they just don't want to deal with things that have happened in their life. Mm-hmm. And so... Again, that's all them. They have to want to face it. They have to want to take responsibility. They have to want to move on. And that's life. And keep going. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So he's out of, he gets out of rehab. He's trying mm-hmm. to stay faith faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, where's where's your faith at in this time? Seem, I still don't have still it. Still didn't have mm-hmm. it. Nope. What, what, I didn't. So you're just doing new age stuff, or what's? Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember, man. So let we can go right into like what really got me up to meeting Christ, yes. and that was yes, going down the rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm like you and I talk about this all the time, Jason. Like, we do. Yeah, you and I have a lot to talk about, but um. <laughs> That was, so, I mean, I really went down and I have to thank Thomas at PSAV because <laughs> he was really the first person to really open me up to, um, I guess the world of pedophilia. And so I went down that road and I went down the bloodlines. I went down like 
you know, t- Freemasonry, mm-hmm. symbolism, mm-hmm. you know, all of that stuff mm-hmm. where, where the devil is literally controlling this world and like every part about it. Mm-hmm. And you just have to look for the symbols and you just have to look for all of that. And so I went down that road. I really did. And I just remember sitting in my room, just had to have been like 2015, 2016. So like me coming to Christ is pretty recent. Mm. Sure. But it was like 2015, 2016. I was alone. Wait, yeah. Oh, were you with Jordan at this point? Yes, or? we were. Yes, okay, we were back that. together. Yeah, okay. we were back together. We separated only for like eight months and that, w- and then we got back together. And this is probably like two or three years later. Uh, no, two, okay. I think two years later okay. had to have been. Anyway, anyhow. So I was in my bedroom and I'm, I'm researching stuff. And I think it was about the 12 bloodlines like the mm-hmm. you know the the 12 families the sure, rockefellers you know stuff like the, that the, yeah exactly the world and the powers that be exactly interesting reads definitely yeah exactly <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and so which is funny because when anyway whatever so i was researching <laughs> this and i i as clear as day i just when i say i hear god you know i it's not like i literally heard him but as clear as day like i just remember thinking if these people truly believe and worship something so dark and they are aware that there is something like god but they choose to worship this person instead then there has to be a Christ. There has to be a God or there has to be a wow. good. If there was this much evil, then there has to be this much good. And I just remember sitting there bawling my eyes out and I got goosebumps. And like, I just like, Jeez. I'm going to get, I, when I, when I think about that moment, I'm like, it's clear as day, yeah. like how I yeah. felt clear as day. I've got goosebumps right now. I know. <laughs> and it's like, and so, so this realization that darkness is out there. Yeah, exactly. And wow. so much of it, you know, and it's, and it's, and how it's, it's really daunting. affecting you and whatnot. Yeah, and like, exactly. Man, and so, and I told you guys last week, like that was the day that I, I stopped watching porn. That was the day. Like, and I, and I can sit here and say in front of God, by God, on the Bible, whatever, that I have not watched a single video of porn since that moment. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Praise, Praise God. Exactly. Because I remember thinking some of these people who are in these videos could be forced or could be children or could wow. be in trafficking or could be, you know, all, all that stuff. And I just remember God putting on my heart to never, ever go down that road again because it's bad it's you know it's really bad and so yeah and then also the so he he got rid of that and then also my um want to research um evil I guess yeah occult things like I no longer had mm. that interest my interest in politics was gone um, I no longer got angry at people for having different you know because at that time I was conservative or whatever and like you know, when you are part of that realm, the whole Trump scene and like whatever, like sure. Democrats, this liberals, this liberals, that Democrats, that. And I just he just showed me like you're literally causing the divide like oh, wow. you are part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's hypocritical to keep going down this road and assume that everybody else is evil, but you, but your yeah. team. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's big. And so, and the whole love thy enemy, like, you know, we all want to, we all want to say we're that way, 
Sure. But when it's it comes, it, it's really hard. And like, I know super religious people who are God fearing and who love God and love Jesus Christ and everything like that. But then they have so many bad things to say about people. They don't even know really, mm -hmm. you know, they can say a Democrats this or liberals that, but they don't really know who they're talking about. It's just this physical divide that they keep perpetrating and are a part of, and they don't want to give it up. And, mm -hmm. and that was just God basically showing me like, this is not good for your soul. Like we're, I'm going to take you out of it. Like wow. we're going to go down a different road. So that's, that's an interesting point there. You know, the, the, you just start diving into this research thing mm -hmm. and I, I did it myself and I know lots mm -hmm. of people do it all the time. I know a number of people that mm -hmm. I still talk with that are, that, are, that do this and where is the end? Well, exactly. I, I cause I'll tell you th throughout my time when I was doing that, um, a new topic would come mm -hmm. up or a new angle mm -hmm. or a new, a new puzzle piece. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes I'm yep. like, Ooh, you know, this, this puts together yep. a lot in, in my brain, yep. but then really the hallway just gets longer. Exactly. You know, I, 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 I would like to think that like by different things I learned that the hallway was getting shorter and yeah, but, exactly. but, it, but it wasn't, no, it was just getting darker it gets and darker. fuller. And it's just more prevalent. You see it everywhere. It you starts do. to affect your psyche. It starts to affect your soul. Like you just, you are like, oh, like you crunch in. It's so like strange. All, you know? Yeah. It's a weird thing. You get lost in that sort of mm -hmm. research, you know, so quickly. And, and I, d I guess the whole thing is he wins in the end. So why am I going to, why am I bothering with trying to research all this stuff when I know at the very, he, he wins. Like, yeah. I mean, we have to go through this. He's going, you know, in some level he's allowing it, you know, as he allowed in Job, he allowed the devil to, you know, affect Job. I mean, it's in the yeah. same sense. Like he's, it, this has to happen in order for the rest to happen. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. And so, so yeah, he put that on my heart too. It's like, don't even worry about this. Stop worrying about it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a weird mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. It, it's so common too with it. Cause again, with the internet. Oh yeah. You know, and the youth, the, the youth, yeah. I, I think in being a young person, you naturally, you know, at least for me, mm -hmm. you get excited about these sort of things. And, yeah. and as a, as a youth for me, I was naturally uh, interested in my place in this world. Mm -hmm. And, and I was always interested in, you know, these, these themes, you mm -hmm. know, of, of mystery. Yeah. You know, Egyptian stuff. Oh, the, I'm, the Greek I mysteries, still, yeah. Uh, things like that. You in know? another lifetime, I would have been an archaeologist. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like a I tomb always raider. say that. <laughs> Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Yeah. I, I always, I wanted National to be treasure, Jones. Nick Cage. Yeah. Totally. It's so fascinating. Yeah, no, I agree. It really is. You know, the mysteries are really fascinating, mm -hmm. but in the end, they're, you know, they're, that's why they're mysteries, right? Because yeah. nobody will know mm -hmm. except for the big man up there. Mm-hmm. You know, and we'll get to ask him, hopefully, you know, exactly. one of these days. Yeah. You know, but it's like, man, um, that stuff gets tricky. It, it does. It's, it's easy to hang out there. Right. It is. You know, and. and you get and sucked in. You get sucked in and it's an easy Especially. place to, to hang out and wield. Yeah. I, I noticed like I, I found myself wielding it. Yeah, exactly. Like a like a bringing it into conversations that weren't even talking about it. You not know even. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, just to j basically just to hear yourself talk about it. Like right. and that's what it became. Like I Jordan would probably even tell you like it was bad, like with me mm -hmm. <laughs> at yep. that time, because. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I was fully immersed in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and in hindsight, you know, it, it it made it just made me stagnant in a way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But um, yeah, it's interesting. You struggled, yeah. you know, with the same thing. Mm-hmm. And really then wild. immediately, I went down because you we like that kind of stuff. And yeah. so what I did was start going down that road about Jesus Christ and like start researching Egypt and start researching timelines yeah. and Middle East and like. You know, growing mm. up, like I never opened a Bible. And so when I finally opened up a Bible and I saw like, oh, my gosh, there's maps. Like <laughs> there's oh, my gosh, like this is a real story like oh, or real history. Sure. And then you start going down the genealogies of everything. And it's like, well, holy crap. Like I got this w- is just real of the story before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just remember in, in a Catholic church, like it was the priest telling you. Sure. It was never like you actually going home and reading the Bible. It was the the priest interpreting it for you. And right. you just trusted the priest. True. Like, you know. Yeah. The same was true for me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you guys are back together and then. Mm-hmm. Well, so what get us up to speed here then with the faith. Where did. Like, how did this come to, to be? It was it was the, the, the realization of darkness. Mm-hmm. And then where did you go from there? What did you do with that? I told Jordan. I told Jordan and I said, I, I think I came to Christ. You know, he came home that day. And I think I told him, like, I believe in Christ, Jordan. Like, I, I truly believe in him now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's when he told me, I have been praying for two years that you were going to come to Christ. Wow. And yeah, and so that that was a pivotal moment in our relationship. That's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. That's and then <laughs> and then we got like this need to move up on the mountain and like a year we were in here, like up here. And yeah. So And we can cover that more in part 2. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Man, that is a that's a hefty first part there. Yeah. I love the themes. The themes are current. The, mm-hmm. the, the themes are what's going on right now, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, in yeah. the world with the yeah. youth, with people searching. It's just like this, this urge to just search and search and search. Yeah. Man. I know. It's, it's good. It's, it, it's, it's a good thing, I think, in general. In general, I think it's a good thing, you know, but yeah. it's it sucks that a lot of people don't have um, – a Christian base or friends or an outlet right. or, or anything maybe to like give them another side of the, the story yeah. and whatnot. But yeah. yeah, but that's why I love our church so much. Mm-hmm. I really do. Cause it's, we really are. I feel the church. I really do feel that that's I've beautiful. never felt so comfortable in Me a church too. before. Same here. Yeah. Yep. And I've been to many. Yeah. <laughs> so have we. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, just growing up, I've been in many, but like I've never felt at home before. And I really do feel that at the church. Yeah. That's Thank awesome. God. Yep. Yep. They're, it's a beautiful place. Beautiful pastors. It is. They're really doing good things with the word there. Mm-hmm. Um, they reached me. And yeah. So doing beautiful things on the mountain. Well, shoot. I know. That'll be part one there, folks. I know. Um, we're going <laughs> to, in part two, we're really going to dive into, you know, how this turned her life around. Mm-hmm. Um, probably dive into how this shaped your marriage and, and formed your marriage even more. Oh, yeah. And, and whatnot, solidified mm-hmm. you guys. Yep. That's going to be good. Yep. Um, well, d- well, dang. All right. Well, thanks for that first part, Sure. Matt. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank uh, you. Be sure to, to, to tune back in to part two, uh, maybe in, in another few days or a week or so we'll see we'll see check the schedule let's see all right that's all we got god bless god bless you guys we love you bye bye
Thank you.